revisions are our fault, not our client's fault. First, you said yes to the bad client slash project. You didn't have unlimited number of revisions in your contract, if you even had a contract. And you said yes to all the changes your client, your client's mom, and your client's wife asked for. Welcome to the Profitable Graphic Designer Podcast. My name is Katie Sandel, and this episode was brought to you by Aventive Academy, an online business education platform that helps brand, graphic, and web designers get more clients, increase their pricing, and build a profitable design business. We have online programs, courses, and templates that you can use, and you can find out more about starting and growing your freelance design business at aventiveacademy.com. In this episode, I want to talk about revisions because this is something that's very important to every graphic brand or web designer who's working with clients. Right now at my agency, we almost don't have any revisions. I said almost because revisions sometimes still happen, but those are super small. For example, we just finished the project for a health company and we had zero revisions on brand strategy. Logo design was approved on the spot, colors, fonts, everything. Literally, we just showed it to the client and he was just looking at it, started like to smile and be like, yes, yes. Like, oh my God, this is exactly what I imagined. It's even better than what I imagined. And the website, a website was approved in seven minutes, seven minutes since the call started. I literally had to look at my watch to see how long it's been that we are talking with a client because it just felt super quick. I literally opened the website, shared my screen because we had a call on Zoom. And so, yeah, I shared my screen and showed him, this is your homepage, this is your about page, services, contact, and so on. And he was just looking at it and like, yes, 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 like that's it. But it hasn't always been that way. Let me tell you a little bit about our process before and about our process now and why we don't have many revisions, if any, now when we are working with clients. So the process before was a very, how would I say that, very complex, easy in, in easy in a way from our perspective, but really complex and really not well structured. So in the past, client would reach out to me, send me an email, text, call, or whatever it is, and then I would send them a questionnaire. A questionnaire had, I don't know, like five to 10 different questions that are related to their brand. If I'm working on a logo design, I would send, do you have any color preferences? Send me three to five logo designs that you like. What is the name of your company? Do you have any ideas of what you would like to see in your logo and things like that? So basically, I let the client be a creative director. 
And as they're not creative directors, as they're not designers, they're not creatives at all, they don't know much about designs. And, you know, what they think that they like once they see it, they actually don't like that. And at the end of the day, when you're designing a logo for your client, that logo is actually not for your client, but for your client's target. Because your client is not trying to attract themselves to their own business, but they're trying to attract their ideal clients. I hope that makes sense. Okay, so when working with a client, it's really not about what the client wants nor their color preference and things like that. I mean, they just cannot imagine what would a logo look like in real life with the colors that they had in mind? I've had a client who would come to me and they send me, I want to use this yellow color with this pink and this green. And then when I put that all together, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. You can't print it because it's not easy to read. It's not recognizable. It doesn't stand out. It looks blah. It looks cheap. But the client doesn't know that until they see it. So it's on you to actually guide them through the process instead of asking them what they would like to see because they don't know. They're not designers, okay? So to go back to my process, as mentioned, they would reach out to me, I would send them a questionnaire, and then I would start working on the project. Of course, they would pay, sign contracts and all that. But they would basically guide me in what I need to do instead of me telling them how I'm going to design their logo or instead of me designing it. I am literally guessing what is that that the client would like to see instead of what is that that the client should need to receive. And that is where the nightmare actually starts because I am constantly guessing how my client's logo should look like, how my client's website should look like, what exactly, what, what I should put on that website, what colors I need to use, what fonts, and so on, as I don't have any, any base to go off of, you know? It's literally just guessing because I sent this questionnaire. And then when I send the logo, I get feedback, oh no, that's not what I wanted. If you ask, and what is exactly that you wanted? They would say they don't know. Or they would tell you, well, I really wanted this and that. And then you try to combine that and then it doesn't work. And this is where I was going into like too many revisions, constant changes, so many changes to the levels where I even had to meet a client in person because they brought pen and paper to make me a drawing for, for a logo. It was ridiculous. I mean, it, it doesn't make sense. The main thing that helped me go from thousands of revisions, besides adding that to a contract. Okay, let's first talk about the contract. So in the past, I didn't even have a contract. When I was a graphic designer on Craigslist, I didn't have any contracts. I was charging $100 to $200. I wasn't really having a company, you know, I wasn't really a business. I was a freelancer and I didn't see myself as a business and didn't really have any boundaries or anything like that. However, I would still have kind of like packages and offer five revisions or eight revisions. I mean, some huge, like high number. So, and then, you know, after a while, I would reduce that to three revisions, to two revisions and so on. 
However, that doesn't fix the problem, right? Because after that second or third revision that we had in contract or in my proposal, they're still not satisfied. So they would ask for one more. And yeah, sure, I can charge them more, but that's not a point. The point is that I'm not providing to the client something that they need, not just that they want, that they need. I'm not giving the real value. I'm just using a program that they don't know how to use. And I'm not really being a graphic designer. I'm just being, I don't know, a tool or something. It's not really, I'm not showcasing like my expertise. I'm not being a professional graphic designer. Then a few years ago, so not very long ago, I would say four let's say around like four years ago, is when I really was burnt out. I had a lot of clients, maybe five, okay, five years ago, (laughs) now that I'm thinking, I was really burnt out. I had a lot of clients, a lot of unsatisfied clients. We were going through a lot of revisions and I was constantly blaming them. I was constantly like, oh my God, I have bad clients. And yeah, sure, I had bad clients, but I was not a good business owner, nor maybe I was a good graphic designer, but I didn't have a chance to 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 really show them that I am a good designer because I was just following what my clients were saying and what my clients wanted me to do. So I started Googling. I started typing, how do I reduce the number of revisions? How do I find better clients? How do I charge more? How do I... You know, all those like, how do I actually improve as a graphic designer, as a business owner, as a freelancer? How do I grow? How do I go to, how do I get to the next level? Because this was not going anywhere. I had a lot of low paying clients, a lot of revisions, a lot of, I spent a lot of time working on each project and it just wasn't profitable, it wasn't sustainable. And, you know, I, I was ready to find a job. So this is when I discovered brand strategy. So brand strategy is a long-term plan for a business. It's similar to a business plan, but it's kind of planned for their brand. And this is, so what's included in the brand strategy? In the brand strategy, we usually include clients mission, vision, core values, brand attributes, ideal client. You know, it's kind of like, like literally like a business plan, but brand plan. And so instead of sending a questionnaire to the clients and asking them for their preferences, we would actually hop on a call and I would ask them, who is your ideal client? Let's figure that out first. Then I would ask them, what is your mission? What is your vision? Where do you see this business in two years, in five years? What are the core values? How do you want to sound to your ideal client? And here's an example. So on the question, like, how do you want to sound to other people? They would say energetic. We want to be happy. We want to provide, I don't know, satisfaction to our customers. We want, you know, like this like vibrant brand. We want people to see our brand as something positive and exciting. And basically from just from their words, you can guess, not even guess, like you can know that that brand needs to have vibrant and bright colors and that a font needs to be alive. You know what I mean? Like, 
as a designer, you need to translate their words into visuals. And that is actually what brand strategy is all about. And there are no mistakes. So uh, let me give you a real, real example. We just had a skincare client and we, we did a brand strategy for her. So everything that I just mentioned, and then we did mood boards. So mood boards are kind of like collage where you put things together, like images and kind of in what style you think that their brand should go in. And so for this skincare line, we had two different mood boards. One was kind of like yellow, white, black, had a little bit of like warm colors, like maybe a little bit of like orange, pinkish, something like that. But it was like really smooth. The other mood board was bright orange, bright pink, like kind of like screaming colors. However, both of those mood boards matched the brand strategy because the brand strategy was all about how they need to stand out. There are so many skincare lines in the world and I really wanted to help my clients stand out and be very noticeable on Amazon, for example. And so once the client chose the mood board, which was the orange, pink, black, and white, like the one that's screaming, right? We were able to create a logo that matches that mood board. We were able to select the exact colors that matches that mood board, find the right font, design the whole website, and then no revisions. Because we already talked about it. We already went through the whole brand strategy process with a client and they knew exactly what to expect. And, you know, they saw this mood board as like, okay, this is how our brand will look like in the future. And then we're just talking about the details and working on those details. And now when I say details, I mean logo, website, colors, fonts. After brand strategy, those are just the details. That is just translation of what they really need and want to see. And I'm not guessing anymore. And here's the thing. Even if you send something to the client after you completed brand strategy and let's say designed their visual identity, so like logo, colors, fonts, okay? And if they come back to you, hey, I don't like this orange, or I'm not sure about this font, it's too plain or too serious or whatever it is, you always say, okay, I totally see that, I understand, but based on the brand strategy, we believe that this is the best font because it does look like these brand attributes that we defined during the brand strategy process. I actually have a real client example. So a client came to me and said, I'm not sure about this orange, even though they wanted their brands to be positive, inspiring, happy, and so on. They wanted their company to sound like that to their customers. And they said, I'm not sure about this orange. And I was like, based on the brand strategy, to make your company look happy, positive, and inspiring, this is the color that represents that. And then they stopped thinking about that. You know, they stopped asking questions. They stopped questioning if we made the right decision because I 
explain to them that based on the brand strategy, if they want their brand to look like this, then this is what we need to do. And then, of course, I backed up, backed that up with the psychology of colors, like why orange, what it means, and so on. But basically, they stopped being focused on what they personally like, and then they became objective instead of subjective, which is the whole point. So yeah, that's how brand strategy helped me reduce the number of revisions. And there are other ways that graphic designers can reduce the number of revisions. And it all depends on how you communicate with a client, how you understand what they actually are looking for, what they're actually needing, and how the whole process in your workflow goes. Because if you just send a questionnaire and they fill that out, you will be guessing what they want to see instead of knowing what they want to see. And nothing is step by step, but it's more like, okay, they send you this document, fill out the questionnaire, and then you're, you know, just designing something, you send them and they're like, uh, no, that's not it. <laughs> instead of, you know, doing brand strategy with them, having them on a call, asking a lot of questions, truly understanding their business and how you can help them. And then, having mood boards and actually, and like really translating that brand strategy into the visuals. And if you're not offering brand strategy, that's totally fine. Again, you need to figure out how to make your business more efficient, professional, and, you know, how to make clients happy because they're the ones that are going to send you referrals in the future. And you don't want to be stuck working on a ton of revisions with one client. It just doesn't make sense for you and your business, but also for the client. I hope that this episode was helpful. But every time when you're stuck in endless revisions, it's kind of your fault. I'm sorry for saying this, but it's your fault because you didn't ask enough questions and you didn't truly understand what is that that your client is looking for. Thank you for joining us today on The Profitable Graphic Designer. In addition to this podcast, we have created some amazing online courses to help you set up your business, get more clients, and scale to the income level you desire. If you need help developing your freelance portfolio so it stands out, if you want to learn how to create proposals new clients will say yes to, if you're still trying to figure out how much to charge for your services, and if becoming the go-to designer for your dream clients is your goal this year, then I invite you to enroll in my signature 12-week program, The Profitable Designer, or one of our other specialized online courses. To learn more about the programs and get started, visit aventiveacademy.com. See you next time.